Hi, guys. Welcome to a brand new episode of Progress Not Perfection, a podcast where we discuss the realness of mental health and how to find the positives in our everyday struggles. Progress Not Perfection is hosted by myself, Lindsay Hall, and today's episode is all about victim shamers and forgetting about the outside opinions. So this was a requested topic by one of my old teammates. Her name is Lauren Bancroft, and I wanted to give her complete credit for this idea because honestly, when I was going through initially to start the podcast and I had certain topics that I wanted to discuss dealing with the abuse that I went through in my story and my experience, this wasn't one that came to my my head. And I'm really glad that she requested it because I know that when I was going through my like beginning stages of my healing process, victim shamers were very present in my situation just because it was so public. It dealt with a major university and I went to that college and I also lived pretty close to the city of where I went to college. So I grew up around Michigan State and obviously there's a lot of diehard fans here because we are so close to campus, so close to the school. So there were a lot of people that were defending Michigan State through everything that was happening related to the Nassar case. And I dealt with a lot of negativity in the beginning because I was the I was the first D1 athlete currently to go public with my story. On top of that, going to Michigan State, Kathy Clagus was my head coach. Uh, Larry Nassar was our team physician. I lived in the same neighborhood as him. He was the doctor at Holt High School, which is where I went to high school. I just had a lot of relation to the case on many different levels. And being one of the very first people to go public as an athlete was really hard because there were not a lot of stories out yet to back mine up. So I did deal with a lot of hate and a lot of negativity in the beginning and people thinking that what I was doing was just for attention or it was just for the money in the lawsuit, which wasn't at all the case. When I got into the lawsuit, I was one of the very, very first people where we didn't know whether the outcome of the lawsuit was going to be $3 or $30 or $300 million, whatever it was going to be. We didn't know at the time. It was just a way to hold Michigan State accountable for their lack of action and keeping children safe. And there were some really hurtful comments and it took me a really long time to be okay with my decision and what I was doing because I knew that the work that I was putting into the lawsuit, a lot of people would never be able to understand because they weren't doing it. They weren't feeling what I was feeling. They weren't going through it. So I couldn't really expect them to understand, but I still didn't feel like that gave them a right to openly support the people that made Larry Nassar possible and his actions happened for so long. So I'm really glad that she requested this. So I wanted to give all credit to her for this topic. I did not come up with it by myself. But one of the hardest parts of healing from abuse or trauma of any kind of any situation is dealing with the comments and the negativity and the opinions of other people who have absolutely no idea what you're going through on a daily basis. All they see is you were sexually abused by a doctor who had such a great reputation and now you're getting into a lawsuit for money. I got countless, countless, countless messages and comments like that. And those people are victim shamers. Like if you don't know what a victim shamer is, that is it. It is people who – and don't get me wrong. Everybody is allowed to have opinions. I just don't think it is ever okay to – support people who let abuse or trauma happen when it was to their knowledge it was happening when they could have stopped it. So there were obviously a lot of times where I was dealing with that and I didn't really know at the time it was victim shaming. You know, at, I thought that what they were saying kind of was true. I was like, well, they're right. You know, I'm getting into this lawsuit. But then I remember talking to my parents and my parents were like, no, like snap out of that mindset. This is how you hold an institution the size of Michigan State accountable through money. That's the only way to hold them accountable for what they're doing. And like I said, we had no idea what the amount of money the lawsuit was going to be because I was one of the very first girls 
to get into the lawsuit, to speak publicly about my story, to spread awareness of what was going on. So it took me a long time to be okay with the fact that, no, you know what? There weren't, there weren't any other girls at the time that were brave enough to speak up about what was going on. I was one of the very first ones as a Michigan State athlete. So you just have to, and I'll talk about this as the episode goes on, but just do your best. And it's so much easier said than done. If you've ever been victim shame, you know what I'm talking about, but you just have to be the bigger person and realize that they will never, ever understand what you're going through. And honestly, that's okay because I would never wish upon anyone, not my worst enemy, what I've been through with um, my sexual, mental, physical, emotional abuse that I've endured as a child growing up. So moving on to today's quote, I didn't really have like a positive quote, I guess, because I can't really think of the words like victim shaming and positive quote together. Like they don't correlate to me. But I did have two quotes that I constantly kept in my vision when I was going through the beginning stages of my healing process, whether it was on my mirror at my apartment or I kept them on my phone like as my background so I could see them. I just honestly typed them in a note and made it my background on my phone. And these were two quotes that really helped me kind of stay grounded. And when I was feeling really angry and frustrated and wanted to push back and, you know, kind of give the victim shamer satisfaction of me being upset, I always went back to these two quotes. And the first one is misery loves company. And the second one is stop explaining yourself to people who choose to only look at a situation from their perspective. So the first quote is pretty self-explanatory. People who are negative and choose to hurt others love to drag other people down too, because it makes them feel better about what they're doing. It takes away the guilt of I'm being mean to somebody who's been through hell and back, but yeah, I'm still going to make them feel bad about what they've been through and try to make their feelings invalid. And the more people that you have on board doing that with you, it makes you feel better because it doesn't seem as wrong, but it still is. It doesn't matter. All of those people are wrong. It's the worst. (laughs) Um, And the second quote always stood out to me because there are going to be people who will never understand how you're feeling no matter how many times or ways that you explain it. Some people will never be able to step in your shoes and realize the trauma and abuse that you've endured and how it's affecting you. That's the biggest thing is how it's affecting you. They can look at it as right or wrong or you're being overdramatic, whatever. But ultimately, I don't know. For the hundreds of girls that are involved in the Nassar case, every single one of us has been affected differently. Can we relate? Yeah, absolutely. Do we have some feelings that are the same? Absolutely. But when it comes down to every single person, it affects each one of us differently. And when somebody doesn't understand that, of course, they're going to attack you when you're weak because that's when it's easiest to do that to somebody. When they're insecure, they're sad, they're upset, they're confused. Of course, that's when you're going to attack them because They don't have the confidence to stand up and kick back at you and say, hey, stop it. Like, you don't know what I've been through, what I'm going through currently, how it affects me, how it's affected my family. They just have no idea. And so usually those are people that are hurting themselves. They're insecure some way in their life. They don't have confidence in themselves. They've been through something maybe similar, maybe not, but they're hurting from something too. And when you're openly speaking about it and you're calling out the people that do deserve to be called out and need to be held accountable, that's when they're going to kick back at you because it makes them feel like they are, I don't want to say less than, but we all know the quote that when a kid is bullying another kid, it's usually because he's hurting himself. Like something is going on on the inside that he doesn't want to talk about and his way of making himself feel better is to also bring other people down because then he's not alone. He doesn't feel that alone. So don't let other people who choose to not step into your shoes and understand that it is trauma and it does affect you very heavily every single day. Don't let those people affect you because like I said, they don't understand. They never will understand. 
and that's on them, not on you. The first topic that I wanted to discuss when bringing up victim shaming is honestly what I think is the top reason of why victims don't speak up, and it is the worry that they will be blamed. So I feel like the most common that we hear is sexual abuse or rape or sexual harassment, whatever it may be, happens because of what the girl was wearing, what she was drinking, she was flirting, she whatever, et cetera. You guys know what I'm talking about, which is not fair to say at all. I think it does not matter what a girl is wearing. It doesn't matter whether she's drinking or not. It doesn't matter how she's acting. If she does not say yes to for like consent, it does not give you the right to do whatever it is that you want to do. Now, obviously, depending on how a girl dresses, men are going to act differently. But that does not ever give someone the right to abuse. Ever. Not even 0.000001%. It's never okay. But that girl is still blamed because, you know what, she was drinking and she was wearing a tank top and a skirt, so she was asking for it. Like that mentality is so messed up and so frustrating. I've always said, I don't care if a girl is walking on the street naked. That does not give somebody the right to touch her body, to abuse her, to take advantage of her. It doesn't matter. That's my opinion. Like I said, obviously, yes, however you choose to dress, act, whatever is going to attract certain behaviors from people. But it, it still is never okay. Your body is your own body. It is never anybody else's. And so therefore, nobody ever has the right to control your body or take advantage of it. So with my story, everyone was saying, well, Larry was an Olympic doctor. He was a Sunday school teacher. He was a dad of three. He started an autism foundation. He was the doctor for your high school. He was a volunteer doctor at Twist Stars. He spent his time helping you guys, this and that. I mean, anything that you could name, Larry was. But that doesn't mean that he was a good person. That's called grooming. And people felt the need to defend him because of the image that he portrayed. So my my abuse was not valid in the beginning because he was a Sunday school teacher. He would never do that. That can't be right. Well, anytime you say quote unquote, this can't be true, quote unquote, you can't be right, quote unquote, you must have misunderstood something. That makes my abuse invalid. That makes what he was doing to me okay. He was a Sunday school teacher. There's no way he would take take advantage of children like that. Okay, well, he did to me. So what you're saying right now makes my feelings invalid. Like it didn't happen is what you're trying to say. And that's the whole issue with abuse is that of any kind is that when people speak up about it, the initial reaction is to not believe you're in disbelief that something like that could happen. And we need to get out of that mindset. That is victim shaming. It happens more than you think it's happening from people that you would never expect it from. But people need to understand that the way that they react will make or break how the victim will react. So when I went into Kathy Clagus's office and I told her, I'm, you know, I'm realizing that I'm I'm a part of this, like this happened to me. And it's it's confusing for me because, yes, I never thought Larry would do something like this, but I know in my head that he was sexually abusing me. And when her response was, I think you need to do your research, as if when I was 22 and coming to the realization that I was being sexually abused, I did not know any better. Like, I didn't know what sexual abuse was. Like, shut up. That was the worst response you could have possibly given. And now she's paying, I mean, she's paying for it now, but that is victim shaming. 
what I went through is real, was real. And the way that you respond to people matters. You have to think before you say something. And obviously, usually the people that are victim shaming mean to do it on purpose. Because if you didn't, when a child would come up to you and say that, you know, someone was touching me here and I don't know if it's right, but it felt weird and I was uncomfortable. Somebody, if you were in the right mindset, not uh, trying to protect your reputation or make yourself feel better because something's wrong with you or you're scared or whatever, a normal person would say, okay, let's go to the police. Let's figure this out. Let's make a report right away. Not, well, honey, you might just not understand because, you know, you're young. I'm sure that wasn't what he was doing. No, that's victim shaming. Get out of that mindset. Like you have to understand that the way that you respond will make or break the way that the victim responds and how they heal. Defending someone's actions that has abused, whether it's sexually, mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever kind of abuse it is, it's victim shaming if you are defending them. There is absolutely no gray area when it comes to this. If someone found out that your abuser was abusing you like they were told told sorry excuse me they were told by somebody and they didn't do anything about it that is victim shaming that is wrong that is telling that victim that their story is not real and it doesn't matter that what they are going through doesn't matter there is no gray area either you support abuse or you don't You support the people who let it happen or you don't. There is no gray area. There is no saying that Larry Nassar is guilty, but all of these people who let it happen are not. Any single person who knew about the abuse, who was told about the abuse, who had the slightest idea in their head that it may be happening because of some outside reason, they are also guilty. You cannot be someone that defends those actions, that makes the victim feel like their abuse wasn't real, like it doesn't matter, like those people's reputations mean more, and they don't. Those people suck. Period. And I mean that in the most serious way. In our case, if you are listening to this and you are part of the NASAR case, thousands of us were abused because of the lack of accountability from adults who knew that it was happening. That is victim shaming. You can you have to get in the mindset. And I'm not saying that people that are listening to this podcast, if you've never experienced it. Like I'm trying to yell at you or blame you for the way that you've responded. Like obviously, yes, we are all learning from these situations. And because of the NASA case, especially in sports, we're seeing a turn in the culture of sports right now where the, what the athlete is going through has to be taken into consideration more, no matter what it is. This was obviously a very extreme case, but Anything that an athlete's going through, that a kid is going through, has to be taken more seriously. It cannot be you're young, your feelings don't matter because you can't really understand what's going on. No more of that. You have to understand how crucial it is to respond correctly. And I'm not, like, again, I'm not trying to, like, yell at people that don't understand that, but I'm just putting it in your heads how serious it actually is because victim shaming can cause people to have terrible, terrible healing processes. And in some cases, they don't make it out alive. And that's really deep, but there were people that committed suicide over the Nassar case, children. It is serious. And that's what that's my point that I'm trying to get across. There is no gray area when it comes to 
abuse of any kind supporting it or not supporting it. There, it, there, it cannot be mixed. It is normal to be in shock that the person that you thought was so great that you could trust that you thought had your back, had your best interests at heart, actually didn't and they were taking advantage of you, it is normal to be hurt over that and be in shock. But it's never okay to then say, this can't be true. Those words will destroy a victim. Because what they need the most is support. To have someone feel like they understand. To know what they are going through. Because it's a very isolating feeling. And every time a comment like that is made, it makes them feel smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller instead of stronger and bigger and better than their abuser. So going off of there will be people in your life that will choose to like will make the decision to not want to understand. They will choose to only look at it from their side. That is toxic behavior to a person that is trying to heal from abuse or someone that has endured a significant amount of trauma. It's incredibly difficult to realize and comprehend what happened to you and then also piece back together those broken pieces because it will never be the way that it used to be. You don't need toxic behavior added on top of that. It is hard enough to try and mend the hurt parts about you, to put it back together, to piece it back together. It's extremely difficult because it will never be the same. It's like trying to solve a puzzle that you did once, got it done, and then you tear it all apart and someone without you, without you knowing takes away five or six pieces and you will never ever be able to put it back the same way. They destroy the pieces, they, they throw them in a fire, they're gone forever. To someone that's been through trauma, that's your innocence. That's your trust. That's your happiness. That's getting thrown in that fire. And then now you have to try to piece yourself back together without those things that made you who you were before. That's extremely hard. And people who do not support you in that journey are toxic. They are saying that what you've been through, the trauma that you've been through, the abuse that you have endured... Is not, it doesn't mean enough for me to be there to fully support you, to have your back. Victim shamers are toxic people. It doesn't need to be a part of your healing process. It's not meant to be a part of your healing process. It's 100% a situation where you have every right to put yourself, your healing, your emotions first. You honestly have to in order to continue healing. Removing toxic behavior is crucial to your healing process and should be something that you do in order to become a stronger person. Once you've been taken advantage of once in your life, there should be no room for that to ever happen again. I always say, I thought Larry had my best interest at heart. He was like a therapist to me. He was the good guy in all the bad that was going on in the gym. He made, he made me feel better. He made me realize, you know what? Gymnastics isn't that bad. You should keep going. You can do this. You are strong enough. Larry was that person for me. I thought he had my best interest at heart. It was grooming. That's what it was. He was grooming me to trust him. And then he took advantage of me in the worst way possible. And it destroyed me. It ruined my childhood. It took my childhood away from me. I do not have time for other people to be in my life that do not have my best interests at heart. I am 110% better without you in my life. 
And I don't mean that to be in a selfish way where everybody should worship the ground I walk on and I'm the greatest person to ever exist. I just mean it as treat me like a human being that has a heart that has been through a significant amount of trauma. Just be a good person. That's what I'm trying to get across here. People in your life that do not have your best interests at heart are not a good person for you to have in your life. They don't need to be in your life. And that's okay. Removing people from your life in order to heal, to find happiness again, to become you again, is necessary and it's important. And you deserve to be able to recreate a life where hopefully you never have to go through something like that ever again. That is the most important part. But if you keep the toxic behavior in your life, you are going to continue feeling hurt. You are honestly going to continue reliving your trauma, your abuse, and you can't do that. You will never, ever, ever come to a point in your life where you feel that happiness again, and you deserve to feel that happiness again. You deserve to feel okay. You deserve to be comfortable. You deserve to go out and have fun, and you deserve to continue living your life, to start living your life again. Don't let those people who aren't going to support that control it. They don't deserve to have control over that. Only you do. So I went through and wrote down what to remember about yourself when dealing with victim shaming and also how to respond to victim shaming. These were things that I learned big time when I was going through my um, story of or I guess my journey of healing and I still am learning. And these are things that I've, I've had written down. If you guys aren't catching the drift here, I write a lot of things down to remind myself because it's really easy to have a really good thought and then forget it because you have 700 other things going on in your head. But then maybe a day or two later or a week later, a month later, you're kind of back down in the dumps again. You're feeling the same feeling. Now you can go back and see that quote and say, oh yeah, I remember this quote helped me. And so I'm seeing that right now. These these things that I had written down of what I learned and what I was going through, the fact that I was able to write them down, I can now give that advice to you guys and it's helping you guys. So side note, but just write things down. I promise it will help you. The first thing that I have written down under what to remember about yourself when dealing with victim shaming is that your abuse is not your fault. So kind of going back to when I was talking about how victim Victims won't speak out because they're worried they're going to get blamed. Your abuse is never your fault. Nobody ever had the right to treat you like that. They were just entitled and took advantage of you. And that's not your fault. You never could have expected it. And you have to understand that not everybody in the world is good. And that's something that I'm I'm, I'm learning big time. I used to think everybody was a good person. Everybody truly wanted the best for everybody. And that's not the case. There are really harmful and hurtful people out there and they do it on purpose and they know what they're doing. And that's not your fault. It is not your fault that they choose to act that way. And you have no control over them acting that way. The next thing that I have written down is your feelings are valid and they shouldn't have to be proven to anybody. So if there are people in your life that have caused a lot of victim shaming, and have no issue letting you know what their feelings are about your abuse. Good for them. They, for some reason, feel like they have to tell you what their feelings are about what you've gone through, but you should never, ever have to prove to anybody what you've been through. Unless it's something to do with legalities, where we went through court, we gave our victim impact statements, something of that nature. But As far as people in your life that have never been through what you've been through or they choose to respond a certain way that does not support you, you do not have to prove what you went through to anybody. If you have to sit there and prove and say, well, this is what I went through and this is why I'm feeling this way and I don't know why you can't understand that, that's wrong. Your feelings are valid regardless. If there are 100 people telling you that you don't deserve to be upset because 
of whatever reason, yes, you do. You deserve to feel whatever way you feel from trauma because it affects everybody differently. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I've had a lot of people tell me, well, you should feel really lucky for what you went through because you made a lot of money in the lawsuit. How in the world can you even say that to someone that was going through an abusive culture since they were eight years old? How? Like, how does that make you feel good? I would give up all of the money in the world to have a different childhood than what I endured. I would never wish it upon my worst enemy because it has been the hardest battle I've ever fought to get to where I am today. To be this strong of a person, to be happy again. It has been the hardest battle. No amount of money would ever make it better. Like I said before, when I got into the lawsuit, I was one of the very first ones. I had no idea how much money was involved. But I wanted to be a leader. I wanted to speak out and be a voice for other girls who were going through it because I know I knew I wasn't the only one. My point was to be a leader, to be a voice for those who didn't find theirs yet, not because I wanted money. And the people that know me and know my heart know that that's true. So I don't have to prove to anybody that that is why I went through what I did, the way that I chose to go through I guess, holding people accountable. I don't have to prove that to anybody because the people who truly know why I did it, those are the only people that I care about having in my life because they truly care about me. So don't worry about proving what you've been through to anybody or proving why you did things the way that you did. That's your choice. That's that's a decision for you to make, for you to stand by, not for anybody else to make comments about or make you feel less than for choosing to go about it a certain way. And the third thing that I wrote down is you are in control of your life, not your abuser, not victim shamers, not toxic behavior of others, regardless of their comments or opinions. It is really, really hard going through your healing process to understand that nobody is controlling you anymore. So for me, I depended on Larry a lot. I can't, I mean, I had a broken back. I had reconstructive ankle surgery. I've had two wrist surgeries, broken fingers. um, I mean, I don't know. Literally, you name it, I've done it. Broken rib in half. The craziest injuries I've had. And I relied on Larry because I thought that he was helping me. When I came out of a practice where John was screaming at me because I couldn't tumble because my foot was broken, And I got kicked out of practice. Guess what I did? I went and got x-rays and I saw Larry and he talked me through it. And he's like, you know what? It's okay. Four to six weeks in the boot. We're going to be on crutches. It'll be okay. It's going to heal. You're going to get back to normal. He, when it came to feeling better in the gym, I relied on him for that. A lot of us did. I know that there's a lot of people that can relate to that. He was a safe person for us outside of the gym. Obviously, I say that as we didn't know what he was actually doing. But during that time, before we knew all of this, I relied on Larry a lot. And it took me a long time to understand that even aside from him, the people in my life who abused me the most do not have any control over my life. Even when I was a gymnast at Twist Stars and John coached by fear and he made you feel less than and he belittled you and disrespected you to make you feel so small that you were, it was not even thought about in your world to stand up to him. Guess who was the one paying him every month? Me. Well, my parents were, but 
he was getting money from me. From all of his gymnasts that he treated like crap. And I don't think he understood that. We were the reason that John had the reputation that he did. We were the reason that John, that Twist Stars had the reputation that it did. We were the reason people knew John Gettert's name. We were the reason John Gettert had money. Without us, he would have had absolutely nothing. Yet he treated us like, dare we ever speak outside of anything that was acceptable to him? It, you just, you didn't want to know what was coming. I thought growing up in that phase of my life that he controlled every aspect of my life. Honest to God. What I ate, how I acted at the gym. I remember thinking being at school and thinking to myself, like the the people I was hanging out with, if that would be accepted from my coaches, like would they accept the people that I'm hanging out with or would they think that they're bad people and they're a bad influence on me and I'm, I'm not, they're not helping me and in my journey to becoming a better gymnast. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but like every single thing I did, I thought that people that abused me in my life controlled and coming out of that was extremely hard. And that's a big reason why I care so much about the opinions of other people, because that's what I grew up with. I grew up under fear and control in a demanding atmosphere. And that's really hard to break free from in your head when you've learned that for years and years and years. Any environment of fear, you're scared to do anything because of the consequences. So imagine I'm done with gymnastics. I'm even when I was going to college, I would say I didn't know how to function because that fear was gone. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to have control of my own life. It's almost like I needed someone screaming at me and yelling at me. I needed someone knocking me down a step to work harder. And that's, oh, that's so messed up that I just said that. Like, I'm just now coming to this realization. Like, I'm figuring this out as I talk to you guys. But that's a really tough thing to come out of when you've had someone controlling you so hard in such a negative way for your entire life, you don't know what to do when you come out of it. And so it took me a long time to learn that I can wear whatever I want to wear. I can be friends with whoever I want to be friends with. I can do whatever I want in gymnastics whatever routines, whatever skills, whatever this or that, any other thing that I want now because I'm in college, I have more freedom. I don't have to do everything the same way that I used to do. I can make changes in my life. I am in control of what I do, what I say, what I support. I was terrified to start dating DJ because I felt like in general, the outlook over it was, well, you don't really care about gymnastics anymore because now you have a boyfriend and that's going to become your main priority. Nobody ever said that to me. But that's honestly one of the reasons why me and DJ could have started dating a long time before we did. But I always had this voice in the back of my head saying, well, what like what is my what are my coaches going to think of me when I get a boyfriend because then they're going to think that I'm not truly dedicated to the sport of gymnastics. Like they were controlling those thoughts in my head without even saying it. Those, that's just what I learned to put in my head. This explanation went on way longer than I wanted it to, but just understand that when someone has controlled you for so long in such a negative way, 
you have to snap out of it and realize they do not have control over you. They, they do not own any part of you. It is your decision to be who you want to be, to support what you want to support, to just create a life that is exactly how you want it to be with nobody else's opinions, nobody else controlling it. So moving on from that, how to respond to victim shaming. First thing I wrote down is do your best to ignore the comments. Don't respond or give them that satisfaction. They want your response to make them feel valid in what they're saying. So if they're saying something that they know, like they're not dumb, people that victim shame know they're doing it. They're doing it for a reason. They're trying to get a reaction out of you. They want you to feel upset. And then when you give that back to them, they're getting satisfaction out of that. That's in their mind. They get to think, yep, I made her mad. That's what I was going to do. I made I made her upset. I made her feel like crap for what she's going through. When you respond, that's what you're doing. So I, I like I said, it's a lot easier said than done to be the bigger person. But if you do choose to respond, just respond in a way and say, I truly hope that you never have to go through what I'm going through. And if you do, I'll be here to help you because I know what it's like. Respond in a way that just says, if, if you ever have to go through what I'm going through, like I'll be here for you to help because it's a lot harder than what you think it is. Make Don't give them the satisfaction of seeing you get upset. That's what they want to see. Don't do that. The next is realizing that victim shamers are cowards. They're usually behind a phone or behind a computer making a comment, sending you a message. They're doing it behind a screen. If they really felt that strongly about what you were going through or they really felt it was that important, like a priority for them to put you down, do it in person. Let's meet up if you have something that you want to say that is that important to you about my feelings and what I'm going through. Would love to sit down and talk about it because I could probably change your mind if we're going to do it in person. But you're a coward for sitting behind a keyboard and a computer screen typing that I can't believe that you would say this about Larry Nassar. He was such a good person that did so many good things for you. All right. All right. Let's go. Let's sit down. Let's have a cup of coffee and let's talk about all the quote unquote good things that you think he did for me. Let's have a discussion about all the good things that these people did that knew what Larry was doing, that had information on it, that have had children talk to them about what was happening. That in one instance, somebody walked in on Larry abusing a gymnast and saw it with their own two eyes and didn't make a report. But yes, let's talk about how great of people those are. Would love to change your opinion because I guarantee you I can. If you would sit down with me in person instead of being a coward behind a computer screen. The next thing and the last thing I wrote out was type out your feelings in a fake response in your notes to get it all out without giving them the satisfaction of you getting upset. So sort of relating to the first one, but there have been plenty of times where people's comments are so ignorant and idiotic and just stupid because they aren't educated in what's happening that I will type out a whole response in my notes and just leave it there. And I'll read it to DJ or I'll read it to my mom. I'll read it to somebody else. If people choose to not understand, to not educate themselves, to not see it outside of their perspective, that is on them, not on you to prove to them. Type out what you, whatever you would want to say, scream, swear, I don't care what you do. I've been there. I've done it. And then read it to somebody else. Because chances are, when whenever I've like read my response to DJ without actually sending one, he's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. They don't get it. They don't understand. 
But if you were to respond that, it would probably open up their eyes a little bit. But at the same time, it would just keep their fire going. If you don't respond, you put their fire out. Sometimes no response is better than a response when it comes to victim shamers. So I believe that brings me to the end of everything that I have for you guys. So it's a little bit of a shorter episode. So if you're someone that likes the not so long ones, this one is more for you. But this is definitely an episode that while it did, I hope, help the people that are have been on the side of being victim shamed. I hope it helped the people who have never really experienced it and or are doing it without really knowing. I can't say it enough that I'm not trying to yell at you if you don't understand or if you have never experienced it or maybe you have said something without actually realizing it. I'm not trying to be rude to you. I'm just trying to get people to understand how serious it is, how serious abuse is. It is not something to mess around with. It's not something to push to the side when it's reported. When someone tells you, when a child comes up to you and says, I'm uncomfortable or they, because you know what? They might not know how to put it in words. They might not be able to comprehend. Some kids are that young when it's happening that they cannot even comprehend or form into words what they are feeling. But that does not give any single person, I don't care how old you are, what your job is, what your status is, it does not give any person the right to push those feelings aside of that little kid that's trusting in you to help them. They're scared. They're uncomfortable. They're confused. They're probably embarrassed. But they don't know how to say that. So they are relying on you to do it for them. Please do not be the person that doesn't respond. Be the person that goes above and beyond, that does more than you think you need to because you could be saving that child's life. It is so important for people to realize it happens more than you think from people that you would never expect. I I just cannot reiterate that enough. Be the person that does extra, that does more to protect a child. Don't be the person that covers your reputation, that puts your ego first, that puts your job first. I cannot imagine being a person that thinks that my job is more important than protecting an innocent child. And there are people that do it. There are people that did it to me. It doesn't equal a child's life and innocence and happiness comes first before anything. Do not be the person that makes them feel like their feelings and emotions aren't valid. That is victim shaming. And more importantly, do not be the person that eggs on victim shaming. When you see it in the comments, stand up for that person. Say, you know what? You have no right to say anything about what this person's going through. Be the person that stands up and shuts it down, not the person that keeps it going. So I'm going to go ahead and end the episode on that. I know that was a lot more of like a serious episode. And again, I don't mean it to be harsh. I just mean it so people understand how serious it is. And I mean it to protect the people that are going through extremely hard times, to protect their feelings, their emotions, to make them feel valid, to make them feel like what they are going through is real because it is. So please Honestly, like, please share this episode because there are so many people that are uneducated when it comes to things like this. And obviously, I'm no professional. I'm going based off of just my experience and my own feelings. But I'd like to think I've been through the worst of the worst. And 
And I don't mean that as there's there will always be someone that's going through something worse than I am. Always, always, always. But when it comes to dealing with victim shaming and where I was at the very beginning of the process of the lawsuit, I I went through it, guys. Like I I went through it. And so take advice from somebody that knows how it feels to be what people always say, kicked when you're down. Because that's when people do it. When you're already hurting, when you're already insecure, when you're already sad and upset, whatever it may be, that's when they're going to do it. Be the person that stands up and shuts it down. Don't be the person that exit on. All right. I just feel like I'm starting to repeat myself now. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. It definitely is one of the more important ones to me that I've done and something that truly hits home. I really hope that it will help some of you realize and understand the seriousness of victim shaming and that it is not okay. It is never okay. And it never will be okay. And if you are the person that's on the other side of it, that has dealt with victim shaming, your feelings matter. What you are going through matters. Do not ever let anybody make you feel less than if they're putting you down. They are, they're behind, they're below you. They don't, they don't understand what's going on. Do your best to be the bigger person. Make the choices in your life that you need to make to continue healing, to find your happiness again. All right. I will, I guess, talk to you guys on Monday with another brand new episode. I hope that you guys, if you're listening to this on Friday, have a really good weekend and I'm trying to think of anything else. I feel like there was one more thing I wanted to say to you guys, but I can't really remember. This seems to be happening quite a bit this week. This is not the first time this has happened, honestly, today. Um, but I guess for now, I'm just going to have to forget. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But like I said, I will talk to you guys on Monday with my brand new episode, and I hope that you guys have the best weekend. Bye, guys.